Welcome to Behind the Curl, where connection is created with one another through the sharing of the personal natural hair stories and experiences, as well as natural hair education brought to you by myself. I am a naturally textured curly hair specialist. I am also your host, Amy Bush, and I invite you to join me as we celebrate what is natural, beautiful, and authentic. Thank you for coming back for another episode of Behind the Curl. Here with me today is one of my favorite people in the beauty industry. This is Scarlett Lacourt. She is the owner and the founder of Wonder Curl Hair Care Products. She has been has a great story, and in fact, I don't even think I've heard your whole complete story. So I'm just as excited to listen in on you telling us where things started and how they began. And I know that for myself, I wanted to know where it all began before Wonder Curl. From when you were a little girl, what was your first memories, your association growing up with your hair, what was that relationship like, and tell us your first thoughts and how you got started with Wonder Curl. So yeah, I just go ahead and tell us everything. Sure. <laughs> everything. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> but thank you so much, Amy, for having me on Behind the Curl. I'm so excited to be a part of your podcast journey and to share my story with others and hope that it inspires anyone else who wants to start their own hair care line or just go go natural, embrace their, their natural hair, however way it grows. I hope to serve as an inspiration to them. Um, you know, for, for me, I realized growing up, um, I have two older sisters and my mother was the main caretaker of our hair, you know, like most families. My mom was the one who, and I have a lot of hair and both my sisters also have a lot of hair. So just imagine my mom had to take care of like three girls with all this hair. My dad would get so frustrated because at least once a month, the shower drain would get clogged <laughs> with our hair. Um, but we always practiced good hair care. And for us, that was, we washed our hair once a week, every week. It was usually a Sunday, like most people. My mother started by washing our hair, conditioning it. She would detangle it and then braid it up. And when I was about like eight or nine, I was like, I, I got this. I, and I started wanting to do my own hair. I was very independent as a child. I always wanted to do my own thing. I dressed myself at a young age compared to my sisters and I started doing my own hair. And eventually I became my family's stylist. I was the one who was, and I'm, and I am like my eldest sister, just to give you context, she's nine years older than me. And then my middle sister is four years older than me. So I'm like the baby baby, but I was the one who was doing their hair <laughs> when we got older. I was the one who was trimming my mom's hair. Um, when I was 13, I got my first relaxer and I went to the stylist and I, it was like a very traumatic experience. I still remember having bruises right around um, the nape of my neck, right? Like right here from her just like banging my head against the bowl. Like I was like, this isn't normal. This shouldn't pain and soreness after getting my hair washed and relaxed. And so after that, my mother learned how to do relaxer. She learned how to take care of our hair. 
At the same time, we started using hooded hair dryers and we were doing roller sets. And that was, and we were also doing like the deep conditioning treatments. Like if you guys, I'm going to age myself, but if you remember the cholesterol treatments, Queen Helene, you know, going way back, that's what we, we would have like the big tub <laughs> of those. And that was our hair routine every week. We were doing those. We tried mayonnaise in our hair. We tried the eggs in our hair. We tried all these different ways to keep our hair healthy because it was relaxed. And because of that, um, I always had long hair growing up. When I discovered the blow dryer and the flat iron, that's when my hair started breaking off. That's when I noticed my hair stopped growing past this length and it would be straight and then it would just start breaking off. The length that she is talking about is a little bit below her shoulders. Yeah, like a couple of inches max was the longest my hair would ever get because it was after that it was like I had a lot of breakage, a lot of um, brittle ends. And I just remember hating getting relaxers. I felt that it was a necessary part of hair care. And I think that was that might have been the case for a lot of Black women where we just felt like we had to do it. I didn't like it, but I had to do it. Um, and for about seven, eight years from the time I was like 13 to 21, I faithfully got my relaxers. I did the roller sets. I blow dry my hair. I took care of my hair. But I hated the way, one, I always would get the um, scalp burns <laughs> no matter what. And my hair always felt hard the first couple of weeks after getting a relaxer. And I hated the way it smelled. So when I was in college, this was my senior year of college, I write an article in Essence Magazine. I remember I was at the school gym and I was like on the treadmill and I'm reading this article in Essence Magazine. And it was about a black woman who was a lawyer and she decided to go natural. So, and this was the first time I had ever even heard of the concept of going back to your natural hair. And that was like my aha moment. That was my light bulb moment. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean I don't have to relax my hair? Like there's another way of being. And after that article, I was like, that's it. I'm not relaxing my hair anymore. I'm going back to my natural hair, whatever that looked like. I'm going to figure it out. And I was fortunate enough that I had a hairstylist at my school um, that I was going to. And I, I, and I told her my plan. I said, I want to go natural. I don't want to relax anymore because at that time she was relaxing my hair and just cut and keeping it and cutting it for me. And so we came up with a game plan, which was basically to let my hair grow out for about six months and then do a big chop. So I explained to my family, I was like, guess what, guys, I'm not relaxing my hair anymore. And I still remember like my mom, 
when I would come home from school, she would have like the jar of the relaxer. She's like, are you sure? Just the edges, just the edges. Let me just do a touch up, just the front. I'm like, get away from me, mom. Like, no, no more relaxers. I'm done with this. And so finally the time came, I graduated from school and I went back to the stylist and I was like, all right, let's do it. My hair was about, um, I had like my hair cut into a bob at the time. And I think for everyone who's transitioning, going from straight hair and having all of the natural roots, it was a disaster. It was just such a hard time, I remember. And I did use the flat iron because I didn't know better to try to mimic one um, hair texture, which now I realize wasn't a good idea. Like that's not something that you wish that I would ever recommend to anyone to do if they were transitioning. But that's what we did because we didn't know any better. This was back in 1998. So we didn't have that information in front of us. And I went back to my stylist. I had one of my girlfriends came with me. And I walk into the salon and I was like, all right, let's do it. We're cutting it off. Can I tell you, everybody who was at the salon that day was like, she's cutting it off. She's cutting it off. She's cutting it off. She's cutting it off. Like everyone was just like shocked. And I think also I was the first person, sorry, my, my puppy wants, he's like scratching at me. <laughs> this is Oliver. <laughs> and so that's when the first time I ever cut my hair off. It was the first time that my hair was in a teeny weeny Afro. I had about maybe an inch and a half of hair. And that was the shortest my hair had ever been. And it was the first time in a long time that I've ever seen my natural hair. And it was probably the first time that I remember seeing my curls. Because even as a little girl, before I got relaxers, I never got to wear my hair out. Right? My mother would wash it and put it in braids. That was pretty much the look. It would either be in two or three braids and that was it. Very rarely did I get to let my hair out. If I did, it was pressed. Uh, for special occasions, but really I never truly saw my curl pattern until I was 21 years old. And that was the moment I was like, this is me, this is who I am. And that's pretty much was like the pivotal moment in my life that I, I feel like I became my authentic self and became true to who I was. Um, and I've always been someone who was like unapologetic about who I was and going natural was pretty much the next phase in my life, especially as a young woman who just graduated college. Now I'm out in the real world going to be looking for a real full-time job. My family, I'm, I'm Caribbean. I'm from Haiti and very typical, very conservative, um, family. They were livid. They believe that a woman should have long hair to be feminine and pretty. So, and also it should be long and straight in order to conform to society, to get a good job. And now my family's completely different. They know better. They would never say something like that. But at the time, back in 98, 99, this was our, our everyone felt that way. Everyone thought that way. So thinking back to it now, it was hurtful 
but as a strong, I was like, I was always one of those people where I was like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, no matter how much you hurt me, I'm not going back. I was very stubborn as a child, but it was still very hurtful. But I know that they, it came from a place of love, right? Um, and I got a lot of backlash from my family. I'm not going to go into details because they would not be happy for some of the things they said, but it was, it was not easy. And it was sad because most of the compliments I got were from strangers. And I remember one particular story. This, at this time, I had a job in New York City and this white woman practically killed herself running across the street so she could tell me that my hair was beautiful. And maybe a couple of weeks later, my aunt was telling me, oh, you need, you should get a relaxer. Your hair would be so much prettier if it was straight, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, this white woman. And, and I have to make that distinction because for some reason, like certain family, if it's a white person giving the compliment, it makes it more valid. So I had to tell my aunt, I said, you know, this white woman ran across the street to tell me that she loved my hair. And my aunt's like, no, she's lying. I said, no one would go out of their way to lie to you, <laughs> right? Like that's just, I couldn't, I wouldn't fathom someone doing that. So it was very interesting and telling her that kind of like gave her pause and it kind of quieted her for that moment. Um, fast forward, this is like 20 years later, she now went, she went natural. She came to me for advice and she uses my products. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Number one, touching on that. When somebody as a stranger and they don't know you and they have to cross the street, that's that busy to come deliver a compliment. That is real. Yeah. And do not ever discard that because they could have just kept their mouth silent, just thought it, but they had to come up with the courage to approach mm -hmm. you. You know, somebody you don't know. Those are the most real compliments yeah. that we can ever receive. And you've touched on so many wonderful points as well. Because in one of the other podcasts, I talk about transitioning. Transitions in life, natural curls, and transitioning mm -hmm. to silver hair. Everything you said supports everything in that episode. I talk about how you may not always be supported by your family or friends. So you really have to surround yourself with those that are going to support yep. you. Because this is the really critical time when you are just starting out. It could be a year or two years till you transition completely. And you need to be uplifted and supported mm -hmm. in your decisions. And you need to also be able to create those boundaries. That's saying, nope, I'm going to do this anyways. Thank you. I love you. I feel your love for me, but this is still the path that I'm going to take. Exactly. And that's why um, when, when natural, the natural hair revolution was just starting, um, it was like, it was so important that we were doing these weekly meetups. Like it became almost like a cult. Um, there were so many more hair shows. There was so much more support that because we all came together because, like you said, a lot of us didn't have that support from our family members. So we had to get it from each other. 
Um, and that's why the rise of the influencers and the content creators became so much a part of our lives because they were putting themselves out there in a way that we had never seen. I didn't like, I remember when I first started, there was no YouTube. There was only one blog called Uptown Girl. And her hair texture was very different from mine, but I still learned a lot and discovered products. And even just from my own research and trying to figure out like, okay, what's going to work for me? What isn't? Um, finding salons. And again, like I'm so lucky because like, I worked in New York City and a lot of the natural hair started in New York, in Brooklyn. I can think of like a lot of um, the OGs, like when you think of Jane Carter, um, Miss Jessie's, they're all from the New York, New Jersey area. They were there before I even thought about creating my own products. They were already there. I was going to a salon called Curlisto and they had their own product line that I started using because I couldn't find the products that I could use on my hair in the drugstores or even in, there was, I don't even think Sephora was around. <laughs> Ulta was just starting. We had Sally Beauty. So this is like, I, I feel like the people who are joining the natural hair movement over the last decade on, I don't think they realize just how fortunate they are compared to when I first started this over 20 years ago. It was really shooting in the dark, trying to figure it out. And that's why I was like, I have to start my own. I had to, I started my own product specifically because there was nothing that I could find that made my hair look the way I wanted it to. And I say, you know, when your hair is wet with the conditioner and I'm like, oh, if only my hair could stay like this. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted for my products. And so I was like, I'm going to have to make it myself because I couldn't find it. Wow. I know that everybody listening that has been wearing their curls more natural or struggling over the years is going to definitely connect over the comment. Wow. I like how my hair looks when it's wet, but it doesn't stay mm -hmm. that way. And, you know, we had very few options. It was gel it was mousse or some sort of greasy pomade for a long time. Right. It wasn't so many or of the diversity of the in-betweens that we have now. Right. And mousse, I remember mousse wasn't made for curly hair. It was made more for um, fine hair to give it volume. So, because I remember trying mousse on my hair and it was like the old, like in the um, tin jar, the tin bottle with the you know, not what we see today with the pump. And it did nothing for my hair. Absolutely nothing. Um, I remember having to, like, I spent so much money on finding a thick leave-in because I was like, my hair is so thick. These spray watery leave-ins aren't going to help me out at all. But I this is how I started Wonder Curl. This is actually what um, ignite the flame for me. I had discovered how amazing aloe vera was for hair. So I was using um, aloe vera gel. So like the same stuff that you would use on your skin for a burn. Um, a hair gel. So it could be like whatever curly gel I could find at the store. 
And then I was using like coconut oil and another leave-in, some sort of like, uh, it was Philip B's leave-in conditioner. But I was at GNC because at this time I was like, I'm going to try every aloe vera gel that I can find until I found a good one. So I found one at GNC, which was amazing. It was very thick and I just needed that and like a little bit of coconut oil and my hair looked great. But because the universe has such a great sense of humor, it was discontinued. <laughs> and I'm one of those people where no matter where I am, if I see a GNC, I would like, we have to stop in so I can buy all of their aloe vera gel. And when it was finally that day came where I was like on my last bit of aloe gel, I was like, all right. So then I started looking at hair gels and I was on Curl Mart's website, nownaturallycurly.com, but I was on their website. So every time I would see a hair gel that had aloe vera in it, I would order it and try it. But again, it didn't work. Like, And I was living out in Florida by this time. I moved to Florida. And again, it none of those gels gave me the same look, definition that this aloe vera from GNC had, gave me. And I was like, okay then I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to recreate this gel and make it my own. And that's that. And having that in my head, I was like, I know it's, a, it's, it's possible because I've had it. I've had that look. I was like, all right, I'm going to make it. And that was the get set hair jelly. I was like, I am going to create the perfect hair gel. And I was unemployed living at my sister's house and in her kitchen, like every day, I was just ordering all these different ingredients and through a lot of trial and error mixing. And it took me about six, seven months to formulate the Get Set Hair Jelly. Um, and I was on Facebook and I did an informal survey and I asked women, I said, what would you, and I asked black women, I said, what would you prefer? The way your hair feels or the way your hair looks? And the great percent, a greater percentage of them said the way their hair feels was more important. So I was like, all right, so then the gel can't make your hair feel like poop, right? Like it can't make your hair hard or crunchy or flaking because I actually came up with a perfect gel that gave me that definition, but it made my hair feel hard. And I was like, all right, well, I can't make your hair feel hard because no one's going to want to use it if their hair feels hard. So I had to go back and um, just to give you guys like a little bit of like ingredients, I was using PVP. I forget what it stands for, but a lot of the hair gels have it. And that's what gives gels like that stickiness. And that's what makes your hair clump, but it also dries your hair out and it makes your hair hard. So I was like, all right, I can't have PVP in it because that's making everyone's hair hard. And I had to find suitable alternatives that were also conditioning and natural. And then I discovered polyquat which is a conditioner and a thickener, but it also was what gave the gel its hold. And that's why like whenever I use my Get Set Hair Jelly, when I rinse my hair out, when I use other gels, my hair feels dry. When I rinse the gel, the Get Set Hair Jelly out of my hair, my hair feels conditioned. I have to second that because I find <laughs> when I go back in to the hair, um, I can rinse and the hair feels really clean. 
after I've rinsed it, um, I don't feel like there's a ton of residue left over. It doesn't feel dry. Um, I don't feel like it's preventing the moisture mm -hmm. from going back into it. Because sometimes I'll go back in and rinse someone's hair and it feels kind of slick and slimy. Like I've rinsed it down and I can mm -hmm. feel there's this slimy coating in people's hair. And that does not happen with the jelly at all. But yet I can enhance it right. in how I use it. I can use it by itself. It also mixes exactly. really well with some of your other products. So if I need more moisture or if I um, want something a little more heavy, if I need it to hold down some of those little extra hairs. So yes. yeah, I second that about the jelly. Yeah, and 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 I think like that's the difference I say between kitchen quality and lab quality products. Cause I've noticed that with lab products, you could tell when someone went to a chemist and had a chemist formulate something versus someone who was in their kitchen formulating. Cause it just has a different texture to it. Um, the way it feels in the hair, like I've noticed that if I go to the store and buy a product, sometimes it leaves a residue feeling on my hair or my hair doesn't feel completely hydrated. It might look good for a day or two, but it never feels hydrated. And I'm obsessed with hydration. I tell people, I'm like, hydrated hair is protected hair. It has its elasticity. It's going to, you're going to retain length when you have hydrated hair. And hydration, and I learned this from you, Amy. So I always share this with my followers, which is hydration is water in, right? If you just splash yourself with water, you're wet, but you're not hydrated, right? So you want to get that water into your hair. And once you have it in your hair, that's the hydration that you feel. And so that's what I became obsessed with. And that's why I feel like what the Wonder Curl products are so important because I am all about keeping the hair hydrated for a longer period of time where your hair has that moisture is locked in and it doesn't come out quickly the way it would with other products. And that's one reason why a lot of people complain that, well, I put these products in my hair, but then a day later, it doesn't feel like I did anything to my hair. So well, that's because it's not hydrating. Right. It's not locking in. It's not helping you maintain that moisture in your hair. Um, that's the difference between like Wonder Curl, because I'm like, I'm all about hydration and maintaining the health of our hair. So now would you say your products are accumulative or would you say uh, it's something that you would feel immediately? For instance, some products you feel immediately and others it takes a few weeks. Um, how would you describe the way that your products work? I would say it's immediate, definitely immediate. Um, because like, for example, the, um, uh, my moisturizing products, my get slick hair smoothie, the moisturizing hair pudding, which is my best seller. And also the sealing hair butter because of the emollients, it has the oils and butters in it that's going to coat the hair so that. If you, if you start with freshly washed, shampooed, conditioned hair, and then you apply the products, you're going to feel it right away. You're going to feel your hair is conditioned right away. I've had so many people when I've done product, product demonstrations on their hair, they're like, my hair has never felt like this before. 
I'll tell them, I'll put a little bit of the product in their hair and I'll say, walk away, let it dry a little bit. And then nine times out of 10, they come back and they're like, what did you use? Because my hair never has this kind of definition, elongation, and they're like, and it's never this soft. And I said, right, because your hair is conditioned now. You weren't using products that were conditioning your hair. And that's what these are doing for you. I agree with the walking away for a bit and letting it dry for a little bit more. Because sometimes when I put the products in for styling, the clients are looking at me expecting this immediate curl forming that sometimes happens with other products. But with yours, after I pull them out from under the dryer or after they've gone home and air dried it, then it dries exactly like they want. But it's really important to know how products work for yeah. you. Because if you're expecting, for example, EcoStyler, some of those other gels, you're expecting immediate, the mashing together, the creating this definition. So pretty much whatever you are getting at the moment is what you are getting the whole entire time. But I find that mm -hmm. as the hair dries with the Wonder Curl products, it gets better through the drying process and finishes, but with what you want. Right. Yes. And for a lot of us, it's like day one, it's super defined, but then day two, it like fluffs up a little bit. And then day three, for a lot of people, they're like, I love my day three hair. Because I also believe that curly hair looks best when it's messy and tousled. And that's like usually that day three hair. But for some people with the products they're using, they can't even get to that point. By day two, the hair feels dry and they have to rewet it and reapply products to. And I'm like, why are you, you're doing too much. You shouldn't have to do that. You, if you set your style on your wash day with the right products and techniques, you should be able to achieve multiple days without having to redo your hair. I agree with that. And I know that you have a lot of information on using your products. Why don't yes. you tell us where we can find more information? And I think you also have videos and you have a blog. So tell us a little bit more about where we can get all these tips. Yeah, you can go to wondercurl.com. Um, and there on the, on the homepage, we have like a little curly hair quiz. And it asks you just simple four questions. And I call it the four pillars of hair. And I feel like this is what everyone should know. And that's your hair's porosity your hair structure or the texture of your hair, the strands, the density, how much hair you have on your head. And then the final one is your hair type, how your hair curls. And if you, when you answer those four questions, it'll take you to the product recommendations based on your hair pillars. And there's also how you should be using those products on your hair and why you should be using those products. Like for example, if someone answers that they have low porosity hair, we're gonna tell them that they should be using the, uh, the clarifying charcoal shampoo bar every time they wash their hair because low porosity hair has a harder time absorbing moisture. The cuticles don't lift as easily. So you wanna shampoo your hair to remove the product, but also you want to lift the cuticle and that's what a shampoo is going to do and using lighter conditioners, right? Getting more moisture into your hair. Whereas if someone has medium porosity hair, they can get away with just using our detoxifying clay cleanser as their conditioner and shampoo in one. But if you have high porosity hair where your hair might be damaged from color, 
then we would recommend adding our restoring hair treatment to lock in that moisture and start the closing of the cuticle process. And I have to say that the clay cleanser works beautifully on high porosity hair as well. So even though you said that medium porosity, I have a lot of success on the high porosity with it. And then I don't have to add extra moisture because there seems to be this nice balance between the cleansing and moisture. But there's just enough moisture in it that it feels nice and the curl starts to pop up. So I enjoy that and clients enjoy that as well. Awesome. I am so happy to hear that because, you know, like sometimes we have this idea about just using a shampoo and conditioner in one that's not going to be effective. But I'm like, this one, like sometimes I'm like, am I a magician? I don't know how I did it. <laughs> it's the kale and clay. It's conditioners. I, I, my theory is that like attracts like, so you're using dirt, the clay, that's going to adsorb. It's going to bind to the other dirts and toxins to your hair. And that's what rinses it away and makes it feel cleaner. And there's conditioners in there. So it's not drying your hair out. I actually use the detoxifying clay cleanser on my hair as my conditioner. And that's all I need to keep my hair feeling soft. I've done that too. There's so many tips. I know that, um, let's see, you also do some other things that are pretty exciting resources of information. Mm -hmm. What are those and how would you direct people to view them? Yeah, so I I am all about education um, because you can have the best products, but if you don't know how to use it and if you're not familiar with your own hair, you could, you, you, you're not going to get the benefit of them. So there's the Healthy Hair Summit where you are also um, a presenter that I like to have. And that basically makes that connection between a healthy body and healthy hair. There's, and that's the Healthy Hair, that's healthyhairsummit.com. I've dedicated my TikTok to educating women, mostly women, but I also have some male followers and everybody Anyone with hair in, in general, um, explaining how to take better care of your hair, paying attention to your I've learned I have found that people don't pay attention to their hair. I'll ask them, how does your hair get wet? And they're like, I don't know. And then they'll turn to their hairstylist and ask them. And I'm like, wow, like we really need to start paying attention to our hair because our hair is telling us what it wants. So that's where you would find my TikTok. That's where I get a lot of um, questions about hair care. And just throughout my whole social media, my YouTube channel, and it's all at Wonder Curl all, all along the platforms. I know that I still enjoy getting your emails, especially when you have the top three tips for this or that. <laughs> and, you know, I find it fun to read. And sometimes it reminds me of the things I hadn't thought about before. Um, and even solidifies what I'm sharing with all of my clients. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I was really enthralled with listening to your story. And it was the story I hadn't heard before. So I appreciate that as well. And thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, and for all of you that are listening, I'll be adding into the show notes as well. So that way, if you aren't sure where to find her, you will be able to. And you'll definitely be seeing her back as a regular because this is the stuff, as she always says, we can talk about all day. 
And, you know, talking about products is something people are always searching to find more information about, more ways to handle their curls and their textures. So once again, thank you so much. This has been great. I really appreciate having you on here yes. and I can't wait to have you back. I, I will be waiting for my next invite. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with your audience. Um, and I, I love curly hair. Like I, I truly believe that everyone should be allowed to embrace and wear their natural hair, however way it grows out of their heads. I'm just as passionate about curls as well. And that's probably why we get along so well. <laughs> yes. For all of you out there, enjoy your curls. And we will be talking with you again. Thanks. Bye. Have a great day. If you have really enjoyed listening today and would like to have me address any questions that you may have, or if you're inspired to be interviewed on the podcast with your story, with either your success journey, or you would even appreciate extra help with your curls, then send all correspondence to me at ambushedcurlacademy at gmail.com. I would love to add your voice and inspire other listeners. It has been a pleasure to have this opportunity to celebrate your natural curls. And until we meet again, love your curls and embrace the natural beauty that is uniquely you.